Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's actually a bit of breaking news. We have genuine breaking news. The House of Representatives in Washington, D.C. just legalized marijuana. Hey! Why not, huh? Toke up! Enjoy yourself! Just get high! Everything's going to be fine. The federal government just took a massive step closer to legalizing it federally. Hey, I'm all for it, actually. I want more people high and stoned and dopey. More opportunity for me. More opportunity for people with ambition. More opportunity for people who actually get worried from time to time and have anxiety about providing for their families. You know what? That's not a bad thing. Worry, anxiety, that's actually healthy. You can sit there all stoned out on your couch watching Netflix Eating government wants, they want you just totally, just totally passive. Wow, I'm actually excited about this. I think I'm going to do very, very well in this story. The country's going to hell. Actually, I don't want that to happen. Of course not. I will personally benefit. I know I will. The more people who don't want to work, who don't want to show up at the office, who just want to feel good all the time, and by the way, you get high. What happens after you get get high? You go low. You crash. Oh, you're not just you're not doing the right stuff, man. No, you don't know how to do it. Shut the hell up with that crap. I hate stoners telling me I don't know how to smoke pot. All right, I've done it. I know how to do it, and I hate it. Am I an expert? No, six times. Hey, by the way, if you've got glaucoma or you've got some sort of uh, you got arthritis and a doctor has made the evaluation and you need this for a medicinal medical purpose, great. But when you legalize it like this, kids are going to be smoking up all over the place. You know, I went to my high school reunion. I went to all of them. I went to the 10 year, the 15 year, the 20 year. I love my high school reunion because guess what? I'm something of a I'm a bit of a hit. You know, I go back and I feel pretty good. I was a bit of a geek in high school. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was cool but uncool at the same time. And anyway, I enjoy going to the reunion basically because one time I was at the 10-year reunion and I overheard a very popular girl back when I was in school say, have you guys seen Greg Kelly? <laughs> I was, oh boy, I just, I, I loved it. I I did. I really Maybe I shouldn't be looking for that kind of affirmation, but whatever. It felt nice. Uh, what was I say? Oh, yeah. So I have friends who I lost in high school because they were doing so much dope. I couldn't really be friends with them anymore. It partly was because my father was a cop and, you know, I, I, you know, I couldn't break the law. You know, I couldn't do that. My dad's a police officer. I just can't do that. I can't. And I'm glad I didn't because some of the friends who uh, got stoned – I noticed when I saw them at the 10-year reunion, they didn't remember about any of the stuff that happened in high school. This one guy, I said, hey, do you remember that time that we were doing our paper route and that guy came at us with a knife? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> I said, what are you crazy? You don't remember that? Remember the guy we rang his doorbell and it got stuck? And like, No, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I know it messes with memory. Short-term, long-term Again, the whole thing about it is they say, ooh, if we can remove the anxiety, somehow that's going to make everything great. 
Anxiety is there for a purpose, to make us work a little bit harder. Keep it in check, of course. Keep it in check. And faith is a great way to keep it in check and know that he's going to provide. But to just numb yourself. Anyway, this is a horrific step in the wrong direction. Horrific. We want our government to protect us from pot and those under the influence. By the way, no one has talked about driving while high. We have no way to assess that. We don't. You can't give a breathalyzer to a person for marijuana. They don't have that yet. Look at what's going on in Colorado. We just dove into this without any real uh, conversation, national debate. I barely remember when it was considered controversial to make motorcyclists wear helmets. Remember that? So, uh, okay, smoke up. Bad, bad, bad situation. There's something else that's going on. Uh, I noticed the intensity about white supremacy is not abating. Uh, The fake news, Democrat politicians, Joe Biden, Eric Adams, warning us about white supremacy left and right. Oh, boy, that white supremacy. Watch out. Yet, I don't hear about anybody being arrested or charged with white supremacy. I don't see any white supremacy rallies. I don't see any white supremacy crimes. I don't see it. And that's there's a reason for that. It's not happening. The white supremacy is a white lie, although a white lie is, you know, not a bad lie. Actually, this white lie is really bad. It's a it's a lie about white people trying to portray them as racist and this and that. When somebody uses the N word, it's national news. Last night, I showed this woman, you know, one of those, what do they call them now? Karens. How dare you stand up for yourself, white woman? How dare you question somebody entering private property who you don't recognize? Even though the placard right there when you enter the building says, only residents are allowed to be here. This actually happens all the time. Some jerk grabs a camera, and if you can find a white woman In any way, asking questions of a person of color, that white woman is in big trouble. Big trouble. I have seen all kinds of horrific crime. It happens every single day. I mean, horrible, horrible stuff. Did you see that kid in Queens walking down the street, apparently with his friend, and the guy just shoots him in the head? You probably haven't seen this story. He's 26 years old. He's dead now. Shot in the head. Is it on the front page of the New York Post? Is anybody talking about it? No, I happen to make a big deal out of it on my show, the Newsmax show, because black lives do matter. Not the way the Black Lives Movement says. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, black lives matter. Is that news? No, it's not. But some white woman in St. Louis who doesn't recognize a guy in her condominium says, do you live here? They record her. They send it, they put it on Facebook, it becomes national news. This is an effort to control white women, how they vote, how they think, how they behave. They want to make them all so deathly afraid of the mob that they will be as, they'll they'll, they'll join the mob. Because that's the real safety from the mob. Join them. Join us or else. I saw something else. Cops are being killed left and right. There have been 19 ambush slayings of officers, I believe, in the past year and a half. We haven't seen anything like that, maybe since 1970, the early 1970s. 
And back then, 50 years ago, there was a damn near race war on our hands. It's like they almost want there to they want this to be happening. Joe Biden up and down talking about white supremacy that does not exist. It is a myth. You can look it up. Five prosecutions of white supremacists in 2019. Five. There were more people charged with having sex with animals that year than white supremacy. There are all kinds of freaky crimes out there that aren't defining our nation. Look up how many people got charged with streaking. Remember streaking, taking off your clothes and running around in public? Like 10,000 people were charged with streaking last year. You don't hear anybody talking about streaking, right? Because it's a big country. It's a big country. 300 million people, 10,000 times, no big deal. Five people charged in incidents of white supremacy, no big deal. Horrible, yes. Everything, you know, bad thing happens, that's bad. But is it systemic? Of course not. Is it widespread? No. And that's what they all want us to believe. Now, the other thing that's happening that I find amusing, kind of fun, uh, and also kind of sad, the mainstream media is now totally hot on Hunter Biden. Oh, boy. Why? Because he's about to be indicted and they don't want to look silly. A year and a half ago, we all knew this was the case. We knew that Hunter was up to his eyeballs and corruption and weird shenanigans. We saw the laptop thanks to the man who sits at this microphone at 3 o'clock every day, Rudy Giuliani. You realize what a national treasure that man is? Not only did he save so many lives, many people, of mostly the lives saved by Rudy Giuliani, his team, Mike Bloomberg, Ray Kelly, my dad, people of color. Their lives were saved due to proactive policing. Many lives and many people of color are dead now because of Bill de Blasio, Eric Adams, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Lester Holt, David Muir, Nora O'Donnell. I can go on and on and on. The left wing establishment. In an effort to appear fashionable, they will allow young black men of color to die. They don't care. They just want their power. It's a it's all making sense. It's all now making sense. It's all coming. You can see it so clearly. There's a horrific logic to it. They don't care. They just want the power for themselves. But it's Friday. It's Friday, and that's a good thing, right? Most people live for Friday. I think that's a pretty sad thing. I told you I kind of rewired my brain so I can get very excited on Sunday night. I really can. Uh, What's the other great big myth out there? Oh, yes. Anti-transgender violence is uh, plaguing the nation. How many transgenders are there in the I Again, I really like, uh, who's my favorite transgender? The only one I really know 
is Caitlyn Jenner. Now, I don't know what the hell she's going to be doing on Fox News. I mean, you can only talk about this stuff so much. She's going to be on Fox News as one of their contributors. Now, what I like about her, I've met her twice. And guess what? She doesn't really talk about transgenderism. What the hell am I going to say to her about transgenderism? I don't know. I don't care. bro. But what I like about it is... She's 65 years old when she made the decision to transition, okay? Didn't do it as a kid. Doesn't think that kid should be doing it. And the other thing I like about Caitlin is she's got all kinds of interests. Yes, I know. I'm calling her she. That's what she prefers, or that's what I'm going to go along with that, okay? Uh, All kinds of interests outside of uh, the gender matter, the penis-vagina stuff. Let's see. What is... uh, Caitlin is an accomplished aviator. Great pilot, by the way. Uh, she can fly helicopters, fixed wing. And you know what she told me? Very interesting. I'll never forget. The hardest thing that she ever flew was a remote-controlled helicopter. And I always stayed with me. Like, that's that's like a very hard thing to do. I, I, I've never done it, I feel like. But anyway, there are other things to talk about. And for, for a lot of people, like... LGBTQIA. I don't know what the IA stands for. But when they start talking about the LGBTQ community, you know how dishonest that is? They're saying that because of your orientation, your sexual orientation, that must define you as a person. That must be all you are consumed with. I had Brandon Strock on last night very awkwardly. However accurately, I described him as uh, openly gay, which he is. Uh, he used to be a liberal. Now he's a conservative. He's so conservative that he showed up on January 6th to protest. The guy didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. He didn't even go inside the Capitol. Uh, but they got him. He got arrested. And I think he's got to spend six months in his home, home confinement, for a misdemeanor trespassing offense. And he happens to be a brilliant and conservative and doesn't go around thinking about sexuality all the time. There's so much more to life than what you do in the bedroom. Granted, it can be pleasant in there, but you know, then you then 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 you then you go back to sleep and then you get up and go about your day, right? And then you build things, hopefully, provide, do stuff. Even though they don't want you doing that because, well, with this pot all over the place, it'll be so chill. Just what do they call it? What do they call it? Netflix and chill. I'm told that has a sexual connotation. Does that? I just fe- figured it me- meant watch the watch Netflix and relax. But apparently it means hook up. Um, that's okay. Kids today, you know. Um, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly is on the air. 77 WABC. Listen to these white women uh, try to call out other white women. Uh, this is the thing. The ones who are really driving this horrible Karen craze are, uh, well, if I were, if I wanted to, I could call them Karens. One of the very worst is Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. This one, talk about high on her own supply. What did she do? She lied about weapons of mass destruction. She had a, uh, uh, I don't know, one of those jobs that they carve out for people like her at the White House Communications Department in the George W. Bush administration. Uh, Let's see, that was a big lie, all that weapons of mass destruction stuff. And then the other big lie uh, that 
when she was on The View that she got along with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> she was on The View for about six months. It was a total disaster. And now here she is on MSNBC. Talk about, I mean, just is this arrogant or what? Now she's sitting there. Uh, Nicole happens to be a white woman, but you know what? And she happens to be, well, she's she's their version of a of a conservative. Listen to the mouth on this one. Cut 32. When you're a white woman and you're a Republican, there's just certain stuff culturally that you don't know jack bleep about. Jack bleep about. <laughs> Look at me and how cool I am. I'm just so cool. Look at this. I'm so powerful. I'm so white. I'm so Republican. I can call out other Republican women like this because I totally get it. And you don't. You Karens. Here's another one on that uh, crazy channel. What is it? Uh, oh, Stephanie Rule. Ho, ho, ho. Talk about ambition. At least she's got ambition, but uh, I think she'll do anything for the story, and I mean anything. Uh, here she's, uh, again, a white woman trying to call out other white women. He, she's a white woman from the suburbs calling out other white women from the suburbs. Cut 31. Do we think the president still has that sort of... I wouldn't call it the silent majority, but would, would we say that he still has that voting base or give up? And I'm looking at you, suburban white women. Does he still have their vote? <laughs> You're, I'm looking at you, suburban white women. Who the hell are you? Who is they will say and do anything to get this uh, the, the free hair and makeup and be on TV. And hopefully, what is that? To be the envy of people, the, their friends. Who are they talking to? And all, nobody wants this is corrosive stuff. Now they just set the uh, set the stage for this. Now this is all all out hatred. This is total in your face bigotry against white people, especially white women, especially white women. Why do they pick on the white women? Hmm? Cut 33 please. So all you Karen's watching at home Please make a list for your white Santa and pray to your white Jesus for a life. Please, because we're out here living our best ones, fighting on the front lines to preserve democracy, taking up space at the highest levels of government. The Karendemic and everything that's been happening. We highlight Karenicity as a behavioral construct here because Karenism is dangerous. Social media is dubbing them Karens. Now the angry woman is being dubbed a Karen. I'm not allowed to behave in the way that these crazy Karens are behaving. What is being a Karen? You know, weaponizing victimhood. <laughs> Just, uh, um, this is, uh, that's racism. But it's okay if it's directed at white women uh, and or white men. Although, what's the name for a, uh, I've heard it before. Quite frankly, I've been called it. What's the white male version of a Karen? They say Kevin, a Kevin, because in their in the left's eyes, Kevin is a really stereotypical white guy name. I have to point out that one of the coolest black guys I know is Kevin Hart, and so that there goes that. And then they always come up with another one, the left, you know, another name. They're trying to evolve it, but basically, uh, people have names. It's 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 no big deal. They try to paint us with a brush, don't they? Hmm? Uh, Joe is on the phone in Connecticut. Hi, Joe. Hello, Gregory. Um, yeah, I'd like to talk about the uh, legalization of uh, pot marijuana. It, the CCP, they do not allow it there. You get a minimum of 15 years. But they've sent it over here. Kind of, I see that as kind of a reverse 
opium wars of the 1830s, 1860s, when they were dumping opium into China and controlling them. They're doing that to us, and also with fentanyl that came out, comes out of basically Afghanistan from the opium that's there and made into fentanyl, heroin, and this other stuff that's coming in to uh, pollute and destroy Americans. How old are you? Me? Yeah. Uh, I'm up there. Tell me. Well, I'm going to tell you, these new uh, marijuana plants, they were cultivated genetically in China. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Because a lot of people of a certain age, you know, like, say, 60 and up, they remember Woodstock, maybe. Uh, The pot back then was pretty mild. This stuff is super duper intense and can really mess you up. Joe, I appreciate it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on 77 WABC. The audacity of a guy like Joe Biden, who I don't believe knows how to dress himself in the morning anymore, sorry, never spent any time whatsoever in the private sector. Let's see. I guess I could count from the time he barely graduated from law school when he was 25 years old at the bottom of his class. He was on probation. He almost got kicked out for plagiarism. Um, He had failed numerous classes. He had to go to summer school. He was really a problem student. He barely gets out of Syracuse Law School. And then he goes back home to Wilmington, Delaware, uh, gets a job as like the low man on the totem pole at uh, at a small law firm there. Hangs around for two years and then gets the idea that I've got a winning smile. I'm trim. I should be in politics. And he runs for Newark City Council and wins. Now, how many people wanted to be the New York Newark City Councilman? Newark, Delaware. Ever go over that little bridge from Jersey to um, uh, Wilmington, Delaware? Everybody keeps going, right? You drive on your way to Washington, D.C., you go over this bridge. Nobody ever stops in Wilmington, although I do. Wilmington, actually, there's something about that little town that I like. There's a beautiful hotel there called the DuPont, and it's like this old-world place. It's about 90 years old, and you can get a room there, like, for the same cost of a Hampton Inn. And the the basic room is like a suite, and then they have this uh, big... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, well, dining room slash parlor. And you ever see the Blues Brothers movie? It's kind of like Shea Paul. Remember that? Remember like the over-the-top elegance? It's a little bit like that. And anyway, oh, yeah. So he gets this nowhere job uh, at a law firm in Wilmington, Delaware, becomes a Newark City councilman. And then somebody's got to run for the Senate, right? Somebody. And they choose him. They choose him to run against the long, uh, how long was that guy in office? Was his name Boggs? The incumbent. He had been there forever. There was no taking him out. It was a one in a million shot, and he got lucky. So this guy is now telling CEOs how to run their businesses. I can't believe this actually happened here. U.S. boosts fuel efficiency rules as Biden reverses Trump rollback. President Joe Biden's administration on Friday sharply boosted fuel economy standards for vehicles, reversing former President Donald Trump's rollback of U.S. regulations aimed at improving gas mileage and cutting tailpipe pollution. Hey, look at any tailpipe out there. They're all fantastic. All right. There's no more. Go out. I'm in New York City right now. Midtown. Very, very busy. Breathe in. The air is clean. You want to 
breathe some dirty air, go to China. I've been there. It's places filthy. Parts of it. Go to India. I've been to India. Breathe it in. I was in India once. I saw a dead body in the street just sitting there, just lying there, rather. Dead body. They'll get to it eventually. These things happen in the third world. When it comes to air quality, we're doing just fine. But we're going to do even finer. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, I'm reading from Reuters here, announced it will boost fuel efficiency requirements by 8% for both 2024 and 2025 model years and 10% in 2026. That was a slightly bigger increase than the proposal outlined in August. Uh, Let's see here. The average must be 40 miles per gallon. Now, right now, it's 32 miles per gallon under Trump. That's a pretty big increase. Um, More than 8%, right? Oh, well. Uh, I just can't fathom that the great companies like Ford, GM, they're going to be taking, they're taking their cues from these bureaucrats, from these politicians. Let them do it. Let them do it. They know it more than you do, Joe. Two years as the fourth man at the second-to-last law firm in Wilmington, Delaware. And that's all he knows. Other than that, it's big smiles. Give me money. I'll do you a favor if you do me one. Silly, silly game. Uh, let's see. And he's also pushing. Oh, I'm kind of sick of that transgender stuff. Hey, hold on a second. Let me go to, uh, is your name Lovatis? Lovatis? Hi, where are you? I'm right here. This is Lovatis. Yeah. Where are you? Yep. Nyack, New York. Well, Rock you're on TV. I mean, I'm sorry. That's later. You're on the radio. What's up? Thank you for the fine job you're doing. You're, you're bringing the community together and speaking the truth. We really like what you're saying. And we just want to say, continue with the good work. We appreciate it. I'd like to comment on a Disney World situation. Okay, sure. Thank you, by the way. No, no, thank you. Thank you. We are so tired of hearing this nonsense being taught to our children that transgenderism, homosexuality, that they're teaching here, the schools here in New York, it's just outrageous. Uh, my, my, my members of the church and the community are so upset that they're trying to normalize this that we, we saw it in petitions. Going to school board meetings and are upset. This got to end. You can't keep on teaching this to children. Why do you think that is, by the way? Why do you think they are pushing it? What what What's going on here? What, what, what What's your sense? Because I don't think there's a groundswell. This is coming from somewhere else. And I have a theory. Actually, somebody told me their theory. I'll share. Do you know why? What do you, why do you think they're pushing this like they are? I'll tell you exactly why. Communism does not support God. They take God out of the equation, and they make the government be their God. So anything they can do that is a groundswell against people that worship God, they want to take that away so you worship the government. And, and I know you're a man of the cloth. You read the Bible. We're so glad that you does. It says right in Romans. Romans 1, 26, 27, men commit shameful acts with other men of receiving the penalty of sin. It also says, as I know you know, Leviticus, do not lie with the man as one does with a woman. They, we've been told certain churches can't speak the truth anymore. The government's starting to crack down. I'm reading about this here in the United States and in Canada. They want to All right, you're talking away. about, look, 
Yes, I do read the Bible, and um, you mentioned Leviticus, which is uh, Old Testament. Look, let me ask you this, because you're talking about two different things. You're talking about uh, transgenderism first. Now you're talking about uh, gay behavior. And, you know, people will walk away from faith when they hear what you just said about Romans. You know what I mean? They'll say, well, I want nothing to do with that because I'm gay. I want nothing to do with that because they're kind of... They're going, well, how do I put this? They're starting with the small instead of starting with the big, everything that it offers you instead of what it deprives you. Uh, and that's a problem. That's a longer conversation. Hey, stay right there. I want to play you what Joe Biden said about this the other day. And and, and he, he invokes God, I believe. Cut 20. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility. I want you to know that your president sees you. Jill, Kamala, Doug, our entire administration sees you for who you are, made in the image of God and deserving of dignity, respect, and support. Well, the Bible does speak about man and woman, and um, transgender, I do think, is somehow contrary to that, Lovatis. What do you make? Okay, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but you have to, you say that we're starting with the small. It's not small when you start to say that parts of the Bible cannot be adhered to. Nobody is advocating that you harm or, or, or degrade or belittle anybody because of homosexuality. But you have to say it's wrong. This is not normal. You can't hide and say, okay, we accept this. It's not that we belittle anybody, but we want the truth spoken. You say, why there's something else behind it? And if you can see that the government has an agenda to take God out of the classroom, God out of the family, and that's where we are going. And if you want to start and say, well, we'll look at transgenderism or homosexuality, what is the root cause? The cause is, is against what the government now says is the truth. Look, I'm with you. I think the government, uh, this government, left-leaning government, wants to take God out of uh, out of our lives. Uh, I see that. I see it in big So does uh, the culture right now. They're demonizing. They're delegitimizing. They're stigmatizing, trying to. Jesus, it's not going to work. Um, you know that part in the New Testament where they talk about eunuchs? Right. Now, Eunuch, some eunuchs, eunuchs right? Eunuchs was- Eunice was forced on people so that they would oversee the harem of women without having a desire to be with them. Yeah, I know, but Jesus also talks about how certain people were born as eunuchs, right? Right? Uh, yeah, and I know what you're getting at, that there are people that are born with both sex. We understand that. No, well, I, I just like, when I say when you get into, like, there is... There's room for interpretation in some of this stuff. There are good people who will disagree about it, right, Lovatis? I mean, of course. Yes. All right. Well, look, leave us with one thought because I got to go on. Okay. Give me one more. Give me one big thought. I I I applaud you for quoting the Bible. God bless you for doing so. All right. You also have to make a decision in your own life to speak the truth and a transgender. Gender and homosexuality. Hey, hold on a second, Lovatis. I'm looking at a guy right now in the middle of Third Avenue. He's dancing in the middle of the street, uh, and he's taking off. He's slow. Oh, my goodness gracious. He's taking off his clothes. In the, not all the way. He's just taking off. Oh, gosh, we got a problem here on Third Avenue. 
between 40, uh, where the hell are we? 49th and 50th Street. Okay, he's out of the street. Levatas, I understand. And uh, yes, literal interpretation of the Bible. This is something I spoke to someone about over the weekend, a minister I know and trust and uh, talked about some of the issues that you raise. Um, Dr. Charles Stanley, of all people, uh, that, that Bible that I love so much. Irene, I'm thinking about you every day. I'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Bruno. He's your numero uno. Joe. Hey, do you think this is a full and complete discussion of uh, Florida's parental rights bill? Uh, the what, what the liberals call don't say gay. This actually happened on CNN. The anchor brings it up uh, with Pete Buttigieg. And this is how he describes the bill. In totality, this is it. What do you think of this, uh, Pete Buttigieg? Cut 18. I do want to ask you about Florida's uh, Don't Say Gay bill. Uh, your, your husband, Chaston, is speaking out against the legislation. He, he says, in particular, uh, that it could lead to more suicides among L- LGBTQ youth. President Biden has slammed the bill as well. In your view, is this dangerous legislation? Of course it is uh, fake news. Yes, of course it is, uh, he says, Jim Shuto. What else would Pete Buttigieg says? This is the uh, the issue du jour. Everybody who's against it either hasn't read it or they're lying about it. And that includes uh, Mr. Fancy Pants himself, Bob Iger, Robert Iger. Uh, this is the quintessential corporate sleaze bag. These guys, my gosh, they just... How do you become a CEO these days? There are many exceptions, but by and large, uh, you look good in a suit. You don't cause too many waves. Uh, you kiss butt every step of the way. Uh, and uh, presto changeo, you'll be the guy in charge. Bob Iger, uh, in way over his head his entire life, but he looks a certain way. You know, he looks great in Tom Ford. And they put him on the Chris Wallace show. Bob Iger became the head guy at Disney for a long time, and he still holds a lot of influence there. Disney has been going crazy, basically self-destructing over the legislation in Florida, the new law. It's just insane what's happening there. They, The company is coming apart. Now, why? Because employees are upset that the CEO who came out against the law did not come out early enough against the law. And now you have employees walking off the job and pressuring companies to no longer build rides for Disney. These are Disney employees telling other companies, do not work with our company. Man, oh, man, oh, man. They should make me the CEO or maybe the uh, – who's the henchman? Who's the top guy? Who's the uh, the guy who does all the – you know? the hard-ass guy? Who could I be? Head of HR? That's not big enough. I want to be uh, the – the executive in charge of enforcement and getting rid of all these crazy people who want to live their full lives. Well, go live your full life off company time. 
Bob Iger, he would never, ever say something. The guy has never mentioned transgender his entire life. But now he's all in. Here he is on the Chris Wallace show. By the way, Chris Wallace has a show. You thought Fox News Sunday was bad. This is bad. Oh, gosh. Nothing, nothing, nothing. 40 minutes talking to this guy. I did not sit through it. I had somebody else sit through it, and they found this. uh, Cut 17, please. A lot of these issues are not necessarily political. It's about right and wrong. So I happen to feel, and I tweeted an opinion about the don't say gay bill in Florida. To me, it wasn't politics. It was what is right and what is wrong. And that just seemed wrong. It seemed potentially harmful to kids. When you're dealing with right and wrong, or when you're dealing with something that does have a profound impact on your business, then I just think you have, you'd have to do what is right and not worry about the potential backlash to it. Oh, what a hero, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to say it's wrong. It's just wrong that kindergarten through third grade kids would be deprived of the ability to declare their sexuality to their teachers and have it kept a secret from their parents. That's just wrong, right? Yeah, it's just wrong. And Bob, he just stands up for what's right, no matter what happens, because that's the guy he is. That's just the type of guy he is. Uh it, this this bill didn't come out of nowhere, by the way. There was a real problem with some of these teachers getting involved and asking kids creepy questions about their sexuality. They have no business asking. Listen to this. Cut 19. You hear some news reports and some parents talking about the crazy situation. Uh, adult strangers sexualizing their children. Cut 19. Local family claims Clay County school leaders held secret meetings with their child over gender identity confusion. Or their tr- uh, attempted suicide by um, hanging herself um, in one of the bathrooms um, of the school. The father says his daughter attempted suicide after a gender identity crisis, but he claims he never knew because his daughter was having secret meetings with a school guidance counselor. When I see what the Lee County school system is doing regarding LG, uh, LGBTQ and transgender issues, it troubles me greatly. Our youth don't need this kind of confusing genderism in the formative years of life. The one thing that gets me is in the Code of Conduct, conduct it states all faculty, staff, students, should feel empowered to be open about their sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression at school. I have a six-year-old in first grade. No one in this room has my permission to talk about your sexual orientation with my six-year-old daughter. In September of 2020, my daughter told me after school she had a meeting with school officials that was held behind closed doors where they asked her which restroom she wanted to use. We learned the middle school had created a transgender gender non-conforming support plan with our 13-year-old daughter without our knowledge or consent. What kind of perverts would do that? Seriously. Adults who have these kinds of conversations and, and, and start rejiggering the uh, boys' and girls' room in such a manner, I think they have got to be taking some sort of pleasure in it, getting their you-know-what off. Something bad is happening. Wait until you're an adult, 18 and up, and then go for it, okay? Oh, by the way, the theory about why they're driving this, and I think Lovada said, you know, there's an anti-God agenda, and I think he's onto something. 
Also, groups like um, a lot of these liberal groups basically look in America, you can be gay if you want. That's fine. Just be what you want. So they realize this is not a country where there's real oppression. It isn't unless you're a white male these days and heterosexual and you feel like you're pro-Trump and you'll watch your numbers uh, dwindle on uh, social media and you'll feel, uh, you know, the hair on the back of your neck go up and advertisers because corporate media can be so weak and all that stuff. But he said that since there isn't real oppression, they have to gin things up to keep the money coming. So they pretend that children somehow are the victims of impression, but they're actually oppressing them uh, themselves. I think he's on to something. Let's see here. Uh, Robert in New York City. Hi, Robert. Yes, hi. Um, I wanted to say that as a, uh, a gay man of 62 years in New York City, there is <clears throat> no such thing as the LGBTQIA plus community. The caller before was completely dead on when he said it's communism that's pushing that. It, it is. It's all uh, Marxism. It's behind the feminist movement. It's the same energy. They're just looking to disrupt the nuclear family and take the eyes off God and put it on government. Um, there's actually quite a few gay people like me who feel this way. Uh, we're not out to change the world. We're just out to perhaps make lives better for ourselves as individuals, um, but certainly not to change the mindset of the world that this is now the new normal. I'm not out to do that. So, look, what you make sense, what you says, what you say makes total sense, because here I am, a heterosexual male. Does that mean that every heterosexual male like that I am in um, sync with them politically? Of course not. That would be idiotic why would two gay people feel the same way about political issues they're really trying to simplify and segment uh well folks like you aren't they yes there's a lot of pressure in the quote-unquote community to conform to far left ideas and i just refuse to do it um I mean, I, my gay friends look down on me and I've been unfriended by a lot of them uh, because I don't I'm not in favor of killing babies. I actually believe that life is a miracle. Every breath is a miracle. And and I believe that from the bottom of my heart, um, I also believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins like he died for everyone's sins. Hey, Robert, what um, about the other stuff that he was saying? Like, how do you square that? And there are people, and I believe, and, and, and I know you believe, who will go right to the part where they say that, you know, behaviors are, certain behaviors are sinful. And there are, what, what, what do you say to that? Well, that certainly could, well, I do believe behaviors are sinful. However, I'm talking I about gay behavior. Wrong. I'm talking about gay behavior. I mean, like, you know, that, and just like, what, what do you say to that? Well, I think that, um, how do I put it? I, I don't, I don't want to drop that at the feet of gay. That's at the feet of all people, all, all sexuality that is outside of the, you know, a marriage is considered sinful. I, uh, I understand. As a matter of fact, uh, do me a favor, Robert. 
If you want to hold on, I would love to pick this up on the other side. You're on to something, pal. I appreciate it. I have to take a quick break. Actually, yeah, it's going to be a couple of minutes. I will be back. More with Robert and our friends. Thank you. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, what a loss. Are you ready for this? Can America continue? Jen Psaki, circleback Psaki, press secretary to Joe Biden, will be leaving, it looks like, in May, according to Axios, for a great big fat job at MSNBC. Word is she might even replace Rachel Maddow, who uh, seems to be totally overworking that hard. Uh, Jen Psaki was... um, Particularly bad at the job. Just at first, she was totally inept, didn't know anything. You know, I'll circle back. I'll let you know. I don't know. I'll find out. Okay. And there's a time and a place to say that, but it was just so obvious that she was, like, completely clueless. And then um, she just got very adept at um, uh, not really any skill, but she's just more, more she just became so uh, audacious, just lying all the time, just saying, you know, just flat-out untruths. And being very, very comfortable with that. So she'll do very well over there at MSNBC. Uh, I don't think that's... All right, I want to go back to Robert. And before... Yeah, let's go back to Robert. Robert, listen, before I bring you on, and one more time, this is a a man who happens to be conservative, and he decried the idea of an LGBTQIA community because, uh, obviously, people think differently. Uh, You can be straight, you can be gay, and have different ideas about uh, uh, politics and whatnot. And the thing I want to say before I throw it back to you, is that, uh, yes, you mentioned something, you articulated something that I've danced around myself. I heard it from an astronaut of all people. I don't want to tell you which astronaut it was, but one of the astronauts who walked on the moon, and he was kind of uh, horrified by the whole transgender thing, And um, but he was quick to point out that, you know, as sexually crazy as things are, He said, look, I've committed adultery, and that's right up there with some of the sins that we're talking about uh, that I don't think are good and that we're seeing day in and day out. You know, like sexual sin is sexual sin, and he was kind of trying to say that, uh, well, Robert, look, I got to tell you, I still am awkward about this, but I mean, you know what I'm getting at here? Yeah, I do. Exactly. All right. What else did you want to say? Um, let's say, well, I, I should add that I'm, I'm also a veteran and, um, I served before don't ask, don't tell. So I had to lie my way to get into the army. However, I, I, I have to say that I was always treated well. Um, once it got out that I was gay, there was a couple of bumps in the road, but overall, nobody bothered gay people in the army. They really didn't. There were men that were so uh, literally flamboyant. In ha- Wait a second. Now. Come on. Come on, Robert. Stop that. All right. Um, I thought we were on delay. <laughs> well, yes, but, you know, I got a guy here and he's, you know, he's got to go all the way across the room and press a button when you say a bad word. Sorry. And he likes to stay well, I, seated. I didn't, get, I didn't get the whole word out. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, the final word is what? Well, the final word is. Um, we, I don't think that we, the LGBTQIA is just a made up, uh, push for, for Marxism. They're just trying to get everyone that's not in the mainstream. They're trying to get their voice and package them all together 
uh, as a voting block. And I'm not going to participate in that. Yep. Hey, what does the QIA stand for? LGBTQIA. I know what the Q is. What's IA? Um, I think your guess is probably as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. I I, think, yeah. I don't know. They keep adding to it. So who knows? Okay, pal. Thank you very much, Robert. Very interesting stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, hey, you know, Rush used to do this a little bit. The Friday phone. The Friday phone. Uh, let's go to Artie in Delray Beach, Florida. Hi, Artie. What's up? Greg, have you seen this zero hedge video of the Ashley Babbitt situation? Uh, which I've seen two videos of Ashley Babbitt. Uh, actually, I've seen multiple videos. I've seen only one of the actual shooting. Uh, what are you talking about? This one is prior to the shooting. There was actually three three uh, uniformed officers, not in riot gear, standing in front of those doors. And she approaches and she runs up, right? No, she doesn't run up. They're actually talking to these three cops. Uh, like I said, the uniform, no riot gear, no, no, you know, they're standing at ease, three of them abreast, and they're talking to the rioters on the Zero Hedge website. Uh, yeah, I know, but wait a second. Uh, before you see that, you're walking with Ashley and they turn a corner and they walk down the hallway and she talks to those cops, right? I didn't see that part. This one just zeroes in on those three gentlemen for cops. But the the strange thing about it is they, all three of them in unison, just walk away while right before they break that window. And they have audio of actually Ashley trying to to, uh, argue with the, the guys who are breaking the window, but then she goes through. So I don't understand that part. But the disturbing part is that the three officers just like i said in unison walk away it's on zero hedge the guy's name is tyler durden it was wait yeah no i've seen i've seen his videos uh i've seen his videos and um that did not alter my understanding of the entire thing look i still have all kinds of questions the three uniform cops in uniform walk away just prior to her being shot that i can't understand there are so many questions that remain about the killing of Ashley Babbitt, uh, number one, I know the answer is this. She should not have been shot. There's absolutely no justification for shooting Ashley Babbitt. That we know. We have seen oh, everything we need to see to know that that was an unjustified, unlawful shooting. And the fact that Lieutenant Michael Byrd got a gold medal for that, it's so it's so deeply deeply offensive worse than offense number one he's a criminal i do believe he's a criminal i'll have to check that out again though what's it called again what's the website hedge what zero hedge zero spelled out v-r-o-h-e-d-g-a zero hedge the other thing craig is nobody knows who ashley babbitt is i talk to people all the time well what do you mean by that I actually, you know, when we everybody's talking about politics, that's all we talk about. And I'll bring up Ashley Babbitt, and nobody knows who she is. Huh. And 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 could ex John Casamitis have a telethon for her husband to raise money to defend? This has got this is the thing that boils my blood. I cannot believe that a, a, a citizen of the United States was executed in the Capitol, and we don't hear anything about it. I. Can I say- I'm totally with you on that, man. I really am. I have done a fair amount of um, 
work on this myself. Aaron Babbitt has been on Newsmax numerous times. Her husband, uh, we put the GoFundMe, Give, Send, Go page up there. I've had him on my podcast. I don't know if I've had him on the radio show. I think I had him on once. I should have him on again. Uh, because he's raising money because he wants to sue the government. And when you sue the government, it's complex. And you're right. There are people who don't know anything about Ashley Babbitt. The next day, January 7th, I'm watching the Today Show, and Savannah Guthrie is in tears because she used to live in Washington, D.C., and, oh, this is so emotional for her. She's standing right in front of the Capitol building, right in front of the building where a woman was shot the day before, and she doesn't mention her name, doesn't even mention the incident. It's incredible. It was a cover-up, a cover-up, and they have been so, so vicious uh, to her. All right. Thank you, buddy. And uh, Megan is standing by in Westchester. What's going on? Hey, um, I just wanted to call in um, and just, you know, let callers know, you know, we're not all, um, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak. I'm a lesbian and I am um, in support of the bill. Uh, I don't think children that young should be discussing or uh, you know, partaking in conversations pertaining to sexuality and you know these sorts of things. And I think uh, most importantly, it's not a teacher's place; it's a mom and dad's place to decide these things. So I just wanted to you know put it out there that not every single one of us in the LGBT community is uh, you know cheering this along. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And like, well, like that guy said, isn't it kind of a misnomer? Isn't it kind of a, to say it's an LGBTQ community? I mean, it assumes that you're a monolith and you're all thinking the same thing politically. That's just not the case, I believe. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are many, many issues that I'm, you know, uh, tend to lean Republican slash conservative on, and there are some issues that I you know, agree with the liberals on. Um, and, you know, yeah, we, we don't all, you know, think alike and act alike. Unfortunately, there is, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a outlier in my community, but we, we do exist. And I'm sure there's lots, lots more of us that are just simply afraid to speak out and say so. Wow. Like, for example, I'm not giving you my real name right now for good reason. <laughs> Megan, you know? you're lying to us about it's not Megan. I'm only kidding. I know what you mean. I, I would. Un- I understand. Megan, I appreciate the call very, very much. Interesting. Uh, let's see. I want to know if uh, CNN's Ethan. No, we're going to skip that for now. And we will go to one more. Tom is in Connecticut. Hi, Tom. Hey, Greg. How are you today? Good, man. I just want to touch base on that transgender crap from Disney. You know, it's 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 something that's been going on for a while. I've got five kids, and I've been paying attention to everything. And they're just, it's, it's everywhere. It's in the schools. It's in the towns. It's, you know, they're trying to guilt people into feeling sorry for people that are gay. Who cares? Nobody cares if somebody's gay. And they shouldn't be teaching it in schools, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. No, it shouldn't even be there. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we used to be a much more gossipy country. I mean, there's still gossip, but everyone's really kind of the star of their own movie. And uh, it's funny. Doesn't it seem like eight years ago that Will Smith smacked uh, Chris Rock? Doesn't that seem like such a long time ago now? It's almost old. It's almost like uh, Tom. Does that seem like it? Doesn't that seem like a long time ago? No, it, not right. Like <laughs> I, I, I went a little too far with that one. I, uh, with that in mind, thank you, Tom, very much. Uh, the producer of that show is speaking out. His name is Will Packer, 
And uh, he's giving a few more details about what went down. He spoke on Good Morning America this morning. Everybody was freaked out, including him, after Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. The cops showed up. They said, we're ready to arrest this guy if you want. Cut 42, please. It sounds like Chris Rock had the ability, the option, to have the LAPD go arrest and remove Will Smith from that theater that night. That's an absolute fact. The LAPD made it clear we will do whatever you want us to do. And one of the options is that we will go and arrest him right now. Wow. Uh, And then what happened? Cut 43. Once I saw Will yelling at the stage with such vitriol, my heart dropped. And I just remember thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. Not like this. And Chris was keeping his head when everybody else was losing theirs. And then, you know, gave the quote. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. But my heart at that point was just in my stomach because of everything about it and what it represented and what it looked like and who was involved, all of that. Um, I've never felt so immediately devastated like I did in that moment. Mm. Um, He's right, though. Chris Rock, man, that was the perfect line to utter at that time. You know, he could have run off the stage. He could have just uh, come apart. But, boy, somebody came in and smacked me. I would be uh, (laughs) kind of inconsolable, at least for a little while. Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think. No, nothing's ever happened like that in the history of the world to anybody. Uh, What did he say next, please, Kevin, if you don't mind? The winners are walking off stage. Chris is with them. And I immediately go up to Chris. And you say what or you do what? I said, did he really hit you? And he looked at me and he goes, yeah. Okay. And then? I still wasn't sure that he actually struck him. I made that clear. Like, Rock, you tell me. Whatever you want to do, brother. And he was telling me, let's just get past this. I'm getting out of here. I can't believe this happened. The LAPD came and needed to talk to Chris. And they gave him the option, and he was not interested in pressing charges. It's unclear, and I guess it's all now, uh, boy, there's misinformation. There's information. Did they actually tell Will Smith to leave the auditorium? Now, the Academy said that the other day. That might be. A lie. Wow. How about that? Hollywood people lying. I'm shocked. Casablanca shocked. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on 77 WABC. Hey, all this talk about the don't say gay bill and uh, uh, Megan, Megan, who happens to be lesbian and happens to be gay. Well, um... Donald Trump, I guess the log cabin Republicans, did they meet in Mar-a-Lago? Uh, there were a number of um, 
Uh, gays for Trump. Gays for Trump. I think that is unaffiliated with the log cabin Republicans, which is a you know fairly well known. Log cabin Republicans are uh, gay Republicans, and um, they have been raising money in quite an influential group for many years. And now we have gays for Trump, and they had an event at Mar-a-Lago. And Trump, <laughs> what did he say? Let's hear this. Cut eleven. Thank you very much. Where is gays for Trump? Uh, Can I hear that one more time? He says, gays for Trump. I love it. And then he says, if you listen carefully, you say, you don't look gay. I guess he's one more time. Maybe hear that one more time. Thank you. Where is gays for Trump? You don't look gay. And there's a, you would imagine, a fair amount of horror. How could he say something like that? But everybody, um, everybody's been there, right? I mean, I'm sorry. I I know what what he's talking about. I do. Sometimes you can tell. Sometimes you can't. You can see it from space sometimes. It's okay. There's a little uh, slang word for it. What do they call it? Gaydar. Your gaydar. My gaydar works very well. You know, Trump has actually been quite gay friendly. Um, Rick Rennell, the first openly gay member of a cabinet, was his director of national intelligence. Senate confirmed that's a big deal. Fake news likes to say it's Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation, Mayor Pete. He's the first openly gay cabinet member. Wrong. Also, the Trump administration, they were very aggressive in going after horrible laws across the planet that say gay behavior, gay sex is criminal. And you could be, in some cases, put to death. Now, that's ridiculous, right? No, you don't want that. Trump has been to um, gay weddings over the years. He was more evolved on this issue than Barack Obama, who was opposed, opposed to gay marriage when he became president. So uh, what else about that? And look, it's okay. You could say that on television. You know, again, the really, because it's Trump, how dare you say that? You don't look gay. Look, There are plenty of people who advertise their sexuality in their appearance. There are plenty of people who don't. We know what he's talking about. Have you ever met somebody who, you know, you could kind of like, yeah, obviously, the mannerisms, the tone of voice, all kinds of things they're conveying to you often because that's the way they want to present themselves. Some others are a bit more discreet about it. It's okay. I'm told that most people can tell pretty much right when I come through the door that I prefer the company of women when it comes to issues of romance than men. Although now I'm down to just one woman. That's the way it works. I heard uh, (laughs) that's a I don't want to get into that right now. But uh, Larry, I don't see any problem with that. Uh, Actually, I want to put you on hold for a moment. Uh, Mike, I don't see a problem with that. Mike, do you? Hey, uh. Who's this, Greg? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's me. What? Uh, all right. I just, you know, it, is, it was a different issue that I called for. And what was bothering me about the Oscars was the MCs, the MCs like Wanda Sykes, 
who at that moment when it happened could have spoken out in the moment. Instead, she waited the next day. Or instead, she waited until the wind was blowing in that direction and she got on the pity pot, so to speak, and started to uh, explain to Ellen DeGeneres about how rotten and poor the behavior was of Will Smith. She could have said it right then and there. She could have said it right then and there. Well, I mean, look, were you watching it? I didn't watch it. I mean, I had to see it the next day. Was Wanda Sykes still there? Did you watch the entire Oscars? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think so, Mike. I had a feeling just by listening to you, I could tell you didn't want to watch that whole show. And now you're upset that uh, six days later that uh, Wanda Sykes didn't say something the day after or the, the in the moment. I mean, who cares? All right, I care. I mean, you know, look, look, Wanda Sykes is an actress. I, mean, I guess she's a comedian or whatever. I mean, you're outraged that Wanda Sykes did. You're surprised that Wanda Sykes did not say the right thing at the right time. I just can't. I'm not going to hold that grudge. I just can't. I can't. You know, I just she's just not a big enough thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, there's the music, buddy. I do have to go. Hey, what is the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the emergency oil stash that Biden is tapping? And he's tapping it like kind of big time recklessly, not using it the way it's supposed to be used. Give me a second. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on 77 WABC. Hey, Rudy Giuliani was on my show last night. Remember how they were picking on that guy? I mean, all the time saying Rudy was um, was basically pushing Russia disinformation. They've all had to, well, they should have taken it back a long time ago. They are reversing their tune. Remember that tune? Anything that questioned Hunter Biden was uh, was fake news, was, um, was debunked, baseless. Cut 10, please. And, I mean, for all we know, these emails are made up, or maybe some are real and others are fakes. We don't know. But we do know that this is a classic example of the right-wing media machine. A tip from Bannon and a hard drive dump from Rudy led a former producer for Sean Hannity's show to write a story for the New York Post that gets splashed on the front page that Rudy then used to trash the Bidens all over Fox, and they're doing it almost every hour of the day, and Trump has been hyping the drama for days on end, and this is how it goes on and on. Um, Rudy's information was valid, but they didn't want to, uh, well, they wanted to protect Joe Biden and anything that hurt Joe Biden, they had to stifle CNN did it. This is all from the fall of 2020 cut nine CNN. So the New York post says that they, that they got these Hunter Biden emails from Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon that they were found on a laptop left in a repair shop in Delaware, which, according to Giuliani's lawyer, reached out to him. Uh, Bannon, according to the newspaper, indicated that he also knew about these emails last month. Now, for a long time, Rudy Giuliani has been openly working to dig up dirt and promote disinformation on the Bidens. One person he has teamed up with is a Ukrainian politician whose name is Andre Derkach. Derkach has been named by the U.S. intelligence community as a Russian agent and has even been sanctioned by the U.S. Treasury Department. So here you have Giuliani openly working with a known Russian agent. And now The Washington Post is also reporting that the intelligence community was so concerned concerned. that the Russians were using Giuliani to feed Russian disinformation to President Trump that they warned 
the White House about it last year. <laughs> um, you can dig up dirt on your opponents. You're allowed to. It's actually done in politics. Opposition research. Opposition research. It's legal. It's one of the reasons why a lot of folks don't go into politics. Some people actually commission opposition research on themselves. They'll hire a law firm, dig up everything you can on me, because we want to know what the opposition is going to get. So you get it first. It's standard practice. But since it was Rudy, and Rudy met a Ukrainian guy once, oh, it must all be Russian disinformation, right? Wrong, of course. Cut eight, please. Well, Brianna, we're being told by two people who've been briefed on what the FBI is doing, that they're looking into whether these unverified emails about Hunter Biden that were published by The New York Post about foreign business dealings are part of that bigger Russian disinformation effort, which, of course, is well underway in these final days of the 2020 presidential election. Now, the intelligence community has said for months that Russia is very actively engaged in a disinformation campaign against the election in this election, in particular against Joe Biden trying to denigrate his campaign, as they said, in favor of President Trump. Oh, you're not supposed to denigrate. Like, oh, how, how dare these nasty Republicans denigrate Joe Biden? It's just not done, is it? Um, and then where are we now? Where are we now? Cut six, please. This is a very real, very substantial investigation of potentially serious federal crimes. We are seeing federal prosecutors in Delaware do exactly what you would expect to see federal prosecutors do in this situation. They're talking to witnesses. They're bringing people into the grand jury. They're issuing subpoenas. And I would expect, as Evan reported, they're now gaining steam and they need to make a decision, I think, in the at least intermediate future. This case has been going on for four years, and there is a realistic chance this could result in federal charges. Of course, then we'd be in unprecedented political territory, not legal territory, but a situation of having potentially the Justice Department prosecuting and trying to imprison the son of the president. Now, why wouldn't they report like this in the fall of 2020? Hmm? Uh, Well, just like I said, it was a cover up. It was a cover-up. Since when do journalists sit around and wait for the government to tell them what's news or not? It's not supposed to work that way, right? It's just, uh, aren't they supposed to find this uh, stuff out for themselves? Rudy Giuliani, information comes from all kinds of people with all kinds of motives. Was Rudy trying to uh, hurt Joe Biden? Sure. With the truth. That's okay. That's legal. That's politics. But when our side does it, no. And certainly when you do it to help Trump, that's Russian disinformation. Incredibly, incredibly unfair. I want to talk again about this. To me, it's shocking that marijuana will be legalized, legalized in America. It's essentially de facto legalized right now. Everywhere you go, you can go ahead, smoke it, do whatever the hell you want. This happened all of a sudden. Uh, overnight, essentially, uh, for how long was this stuff illegal? Forever, forever, for obvious reasons. This is uh, bad news stuff, and we have not even begun to grapple with the ramifications of this wide, widespread legalization of uh, of marijuana. Now, I have my own personal experience with this crap. Uh, How many times have I used? About maybe a half dozen times. 
And each time I use it, I had such a bad experience. I waited three, four years to do it again. And now, now maybe I'll try it again. It was always a terrible, terrible mistake. And, um, I think it's just horrible stuff. And the fact that it's everywhere, we haven't, I don't know what this is going to do to our country long term. I'd like to bring in Kevin Sabet. Uh, Kevin is a former three time White House Office of National Drug Control Policy Advisor, you know, the Drug Czar's office. Uh, he also, he's worked for Republicans, he's worked for Democrats. And he is an expert on marijuana, so much so that he is totally opposed to its legalization. Uh, he's been he founded the Smart Approaches to Marijuana. I'm sorry. Wait a second. Mr. Sabet is on the phone with us right now. I accurately described your past, I believe. But what is the name of the foundation you run right now, sir? You were you were 100 percent a plus on everything. Thanks for having me, Greg. It's called Smart Approaches to Marijuana, Sam. And we were founded uh, when I left the Obama administration early on 2011. And then I joined with um, Patrick Kennedy and others. And, you know, essentially uh, to basically slow the train of the commercialization and promotion of marijuana down, because, you know, it's just it's not following with the science at all. And that's not a partisan comment. I mean, our current Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, agrees with that, as does, you know, Jerome Adams, Trump's Surgeon General. So it's not controversial in scientific terms, but unfortunately, society's been getting the wrong message. Well, and another wrong message today, the House of Representatives has taken a big step. Uh, it, they voted on a bill that will legalize uh, marijuana at the federal level. Can you first tell us uh, your perspective, your expertise? Just tell us what is wrong with marijuana. Well, today's marijuana is not Woodstock weed, right? So it's been genetically altered. Uh, We're talking can be up to 99% potent in these concentrates. And we're seeing increased mental illness, especially suicide, unfortunately, but also schizophrenia. I mean, these are severe mental illness that are tightly, tightly associated with heavy marijuana use. We're also seeing huge drops in IQ. There was a big study done following a thousand people uh, over 40 years of their life, finding a six point drop or between five and a half and six point drop in IQ over time, which is a large drop. That's like you know, you go from being above average to below average uh, on the scale. And um, we're seeing all of these negative impacts. And, you know, again, I'm not saying that there aren't people who smoke a few joints and they're fine. Yes, of course there are, just like there are plenty of people that speed on the, on the highway and they're fine. But that doesn't mean speeding is safe. It doesn't mean we want to encourage speeding. In the same way, we don't want to encourage more and more people to be stoned out of their minds because we're seeing all the harms. And there are many others, lungs, heart, new study to how it affects your lungs greater than tobacco. I mean, so it's just a bad idea to legalize it and basically give it to the hands of big tobacco because that's who's taking it. It's not don't think you're going to be seeing, you know, social justice entrepreneurs from Harlem being the next millionaires. I'm sorry. That is not it at all. It is Wall Street. It is big tobacco. Uh, and we're being fooled. We're being lied to by these same industries. How did it happen, like, all of a sudden? It's like building for a long then, then all of a sudden it seems to happen. I remember, I remember Colorado. Okay, they were an outlier. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, yeah. like, everybody else did it, and we never had, I think, an adequate conversation about this as a country. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're right, Greg. I mean, it really happened with the brilliant marketing term. I mean, this thing should win an award. Uh, the marketing term called medical marijuana. Now, that isn't saying now, I mean, before your you know listeners sort of think, oh, my God, what are you talking about? I'm not saying there aren't 
components in the marijuana plant that could be useful for medicine. I'm, I'm not even saying that someone with six months to live, you know, shouldn't have the right to try anything to help them. I, I'm happy. I'm fine with that. I understand that. But with the term medical marijuana, they basically allowed folks with, you know, I mean, it's a joke. Anybody with any illness who fakes a minor headache can walk into a clinic in California and get a card and get, quote, unquote, medical pot. And that happened because of a couple of billionaires. One of them was George Soros. Um, but there were others like Peter Lewis and John Sperling. And they basically gave to that movement. And they said, you know, don't, we can't legalize it now. No one wants that. So let's medicalize it. Let's appeal to compassion. And that was the strategy 20 years ago. And now they're seeing the fruits of their investment, essentially. So, hey, by the way, just to people who say, well, it takes the edge off, you know, it's just going to I got a lot of anxiety. I, you know, it's uh, (laughs) the anxiety thing. Uh, Isn't anxiety kind of like something you want to have a little bit of? It kind of compels you to do work. It uh, it forces you to plan ahead Uh, like anxiety is is not the enemy necessarily that they want us to think it is, or suddenly it's the worst thing in the world. I don't know. Does that make sense? That's a New Yorker in you, Greg. <laughs> but no, I mean, listen, uh, the reality is the data, if we want to be scientific and we want to be data-driven, you would look at the data and the data show that actually it worsens anxiety over time. Even if it takes an edge off for you in the short term, if this becomes you're using it more and more, which you know, uh, more and more people are using it like daily. If we were talking about, you know, we just want Americans to use it once a year on their birthday and, you know, fall asleep. Okay, if it was like that, maybe we'd be having a different conversation. But it's not. It's being abused much more heavily than alcohol, by the way. Um, and when, when I say that, like the data show that the average person who used uh, marijuana in the last month is actually using it almost every day. So that's the, the daily user is much more common, and that isn't the same for alcohol. So. Um, yeah, I mean, we're just seeing more and more people use it because it's becoming more addictive with the THC content. Now, if I'm a boss and say I have 100 employees yeah. uh, working for me, I, I would imagine a good chunk of them are smoking. What am I going to see? How is that going to manifest itself? Yeah. Are people not going to be like on time? They're not going to work hard. They're going to steal. What do you think I'd see as a boss? Well, you're exactly right. So, I mean, as a boss, we look at the data on employers and employing the the workplace. And what we're finding is that you have more absenteeism, you have um, less productivity, uh, and you have more liability because you're in a factory and someone's high and they're, you know, getting injured. None of that should be a shock to anyone who knows anyone who uses marijuana, that they're not exactly the quickest, most productive, most reliable people in the world. Again, I'm not saying that there aren't people that are and there aren't people that have used and they're fine. This isn't reefer madness. I'm not going there. But what I'm saying is you're increasing the risk of all of these bad things happen, happening. And at a time where we have an opioid and addiction overdose epidemic out of control, 98% of those people who use heroin use marijuana first, okay? Which is, that's just the reality of it. It doesn't mean everyone who uses will use heroin. I'm not saying that. But but it, it can lead you down a road that is not good. And for employers, I'm really worried about some of these employees because the labor situation is so dire. So you have some employers that say, you know what, we can't help it. We cannot drug test anymore because we're going to lose all these workers and we just have to take the risk. And so, you know, they're paying a lot more in, in insurance or they're, they're, they're just taking on more liability and they're taking a risk. But I think that's a really bad gamble. So, by the way, like, how, how does this get undone? It's like the genie's out of the bottle, yeah. very hard to put the yeah. toothpaste back in the tube, all that stuff. Right. So, uh, you know, we are where we are. What next? 
Yeah. Well, here's what I'll say. The Senate is not going to – this is going to be dead on arrival now. I don't see the House, giving, given political considerations, taking this up for another couple of years at least. It's not going to go anywhere in the Senate, even though you have Schumer who wants to do his own bill. Uh, President Biden, for his part, has actually been steadfastly against legalization of marijuana. And, you know, they're firing people at the White House who have marijuana in their past. So, you know, and they didn't really back down from that, which was very interesting. I remember that about a year ago or so. So, you know, the, the, the pot folks, even though they spend millions on the on lobbyists, they don't they don't have as many friends in D.C. as they pretend to. This thing passed by 15 votes and uh, 40 more representatives voted against it this time than they did the first time they voted, which was last year. So last Congress. So uh, I actually think that this is going to be longer. I'm not saying that that, you know, that normalization is going to reverse tomorrow as a result. But, you know, sometimes we have to burn our hand on the stove in order to realize that the stove is hot and to really believe that. And that's what we did with tobacco. I mean, we knew about the harms of tobacco since the 1950s, but they weren't revealed to us until like the late 90s. And by that time, um, you know, it was just really, you know, we had learned our lesson. Uh, and so there was this huge reversal, right? The huge backlash against smoking, which exists today. Uh, and, you know, maybe we need five decades of hurt or more to realize that we've done a bad thing and, and try and reverse it like we are with smoking. So we'll see, but I don't think the, the movie's over just yet. All right, one more thing. If you are smoking and you're high as a kite, but you haven't had a drink and you get pulled over by the cops, <laughs> is there anything they can do? Uh, what Like, what are their options? And then let's you know, say they can't smell the it. Yeah, it depends on the state. So some some places not cause, which is just crazy. Um, and um, by the way, the smell issues, like even people who like used in college, like liberal folks who would never, you know, vote, you know, who who vote against, who vote for Jerry Nadler every time and whatever, uh, they don't like the smell. A lot of them, and the majority of towns have actually opted out of having pot shops in their community. So when it hits anybody's backyard, no matter your political stripe, you don't like it. That's that's a fact, too. That's working against the pot people. But when you're pulled over, listen, pot can impair. It's a huge thing for impairment on the road. Colorado and Washington State, the impairment fatalities have just skyrocketed since legalization. So it's a huge issue. And what they can do is they can do certain tests um, to determine if you are impaired. Mm. But it's a very difficult thing. We don't have a breathalyzer like alcohol. Um, now, the other thing is that most people who are smoking and driving, who are using pot and driving, they're also drinking, actually. And uh. so you saw, often I'll talk to prosecutors. They'll say, listen, Kevin, the guy was high as a kite. But frankly, I can, I'm, I'm just going to get him on the DUI alcohol because it's right. a lot easier to quantify. And, and so, so that, which tells me, by the way, that these cases are severely undercounted. It's a big mm -hmm. issue on the roads. Kevin Sabet, we appreciate it so much. Uh, go to his Twitter, at Kevin Sabet, S-A-B-E-T. Uh, and also here, uh, you got a book on this, and it's excellent. I got a book, it's yeah. Smokescreen, What the Marijuana Industry Doesn't Want You to Know by Kevin A. Sabet, Ph.D., by the way, and veteran of both Republican and Democrat presidential administrations. Kevin, thanks a lot. Greg, you're the best. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. And we will be right back. This is the News and Talk Station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real New York 77 WABC. That guy is such an expert. Knows his stuff. Stay the hell away from weed. Don't believe the fake news. It stinks. Chris is in New Jersey. Hi. Chris. 
Hey, hey, Greg, good afternoon. Hi. Uh, I just want to start off by saying... I, I don't hear you that well. Hold on. Speak up. Something's up with your phone. What's up? Hold on. Let me uh, take your speaker. <laughs> Thanks. Yes? Yeah, I just want to first start off by saying is I, I identify as a lesbian. Uh, nah, you're playing games. You brought up a point yesterday on your show about how the January 6th, everything that happened, it led to, you know, the uh, Congress not looking into the the cheating that was done. Yeah. And, and then I also think, I also think that the pharmaceutical companies that made billions should give the taxpayer their initial investment back. All right. And hey. that's all. And then uh, have a good day. Hey, man. Uh, thank you very much. Or I'm sorry, madam. I got to go pick up my girls. I was on hold for a while. So. I see. I see. Do your thing. Do your thing. Uh, thank you, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, Hailstorm. Interesting name from Long Island. Hi. I think it was hey it sounds like you're in the middle of a uh, uh, bathtub what's going on there I can't hear you that well what's going on I think that smack was yeah I understand you where are you I don't hear you very well I'm in uh, heading towards Long Beach to put up a flag for a homeowner you're out in the wind no, no, I'm in the truck. All right, I hear you a little bit better now. Okay, you think the smack was fake, uh, Chris? Uh, uh, what, Chris Smith, right? Because that was a hot mic, and you would have heard it. Because I smacked many people. Oh, really? In my life, I hit them so hard that they they just like they're stunned for a few minutes. Yeah, I know, but why? Why are you uh, smacking around so many people? What's your deal? Well, people that owe me money, uh, they don't want to pay. <laughs> This one kid was are you uh, at, are you uh, a loan shark or what the hell is your deal? What do you mean? Sign guy, but this what? one kid was yelling at this lady one time, and and I said stop it. Oh, he says to the lady, "You got to take me." You got. I says, "Listen, she ain't got to take you nowhere. Go go to your drug rehab or whatever." He goes, "That's my mother. F you." I smacked them so. So hard. what the hell are you doing, getting involved in these kinds of things? I'm, I'm a humanitarian. I, 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 don't I like understand, but you're the you're a humanitarian, and you're going around smacking everybody and uh, loan sharking. And what do you do now? You you raising a flagpole? What what are you doing in Long Beach? Up a flag uh, in Long Beach. I'm going to fix a flagpole over here. I'm in the sign and flag and rigging business. When's and, the last uh, time you smacked somebody in the mouth? Well, I choked somebody. Oh come about on! Three, about. I swear to God, I'll show you. I choked somebody, uh, a deli, a Greek guy, because I did his, his homework. All right, where the hell are you right now so I can call the cops? I, I, forget it. They locked me up, okay, and I had a bunch of badges on me. And the cop was like, the, the, the sergeant's like, hey, what you know, what, what do you do? What, do you, what, what did your parents do? What, what are you doing with all the badges? I said, listen, I buy and sell them. And he goes, what are you doing with a picture uh, with 12 uh high-standing police officers. I says, I belong to the Jamaica Rotary. All right. You sound crazy to me right now. You're making no sense. Come on. Right? Let me tell you who my classmate was in anger management. That boxer. Uh, Oh, yeah. All right. Listen, they're playing the music. Have a good weekend. Uh, Boy, oh, boy. Uh, Settle down. 
Hey, thanks, everybody else. I got to go across the street, get the Newsmax show all together. What a week, huh? Um, have a good one, everybody. Uh, ooh, I got a special thing for uh, you-know-who up there in Connecticut. And thanks all to be continued.